You know, a lot of people have a very narrow perspective of life. A lot of people have a very narrow perspective of the way they view things. Maybe, maybe you're just so focused on one thing, so focused on maybe that, that big job or that big house or that big car, or that big thing that you're going to get, that your life is just one thing, just focused. Just That's all you think about is you just look through that, but look at what all you might be missing if you just stay fixated and focused on this, this one thing, whatever it is. Maybe you're thinking, if I could just snag that guy or that girl, then, then life would be good. So you're just going through life, just straight focused on that, nothing else, all this stuff going on around you, and you don't even see it. You know, a lot of people, a lot of people spend a lot of their life just looking in one direction, thinking, if I could just get that, if I could just get there, then I would be happy. If I could just get that, gain that, attain that, hook up with that person, then I would be happy. And then a lot of people, when it comes to their spiritual life, it's just one narrow focus. I'm just going to get up on Sunday. I'm going to come to church, and, and hopefully the, the music will be cool. I'll get to hear a song maybe I heard on the radio or something, and, and, and then the message will give me something that I can uh, apply on Monday morning and then, and then some make me feel better. If I can just come to church, get up Sunday morning, I'm going to give you an hour, maybe three uh, at the most, and... and uh, if I could just come to church and just get what I need to get and, and make me feel good, say something that, that lifts me up, and then, hey, I'll see you next week. That's a lot of people's view of spirituality. In John chapter 10, verse 10, Jesus Christ said, I've come that they might have life and have it to the full. He came so we could live a full life, not a life that's just one narrow view that misses the big picture. Some people just show up and they kind of come to church in the shadows. Their spiritual life is just lived in the shadows. And, and hey, if you're here for the first time, stay in the shadow. That's fine. If you're here for the 10th time and you're just still checking out LifePoint, just checking out church, that's okay. But some people just live right here in the shadows. They just show up and say, hey, you know, play some funky music, white boy, and give me, something, give me something good to think about, and then life is going to be good. And they live with that narrow perspective without ever stepping back and seeing the real big picture. This teaching series that I'm starting today will help you open up your eyes Broaden your horizons, broaden your perspective, and if you apply what I'm going to be talking about over the next few weeks, you, you will see things differently. Life will start to feel a little bit different. I think this series that I'm going to be going through has more potential to revolutionize your spiritual life, your relationship with God, your family life, your work life, more than any other one that I've ever delivered, if you listen and you apply the series is a lot about growth. Growing is a process. It's something that just has to happen over time. I was looking at some pictures on the computer a few days ago, and I saw a picture of our youngest daughter, Abby, when she was like two. Now she's nine. A lot happened between two and nine. She didn't just go to bed two and wake up nine. 
in the middle, there were a lot of skinned knees, a lot of colds, a lot of uh, sleepless nights, a lot of crying, a lot of whatever for her to get from two to nine. It took time. It was a process. And if we're going to grow, it's going to take time. It's going to take a process. A process that is described in the Bible. This series is called Mosaic. And what I'm going to do is take you through over the next month and and talk about several habits that you can develop to gain a new perspective. They're called by some people spiritual disciplines. You're thinking, discipline? (laughs) That does not sound, that makes me think of my grandma and grandpa, what used to happen when I didn't do what they said. You got to switch? I got disciplined. I mean, that's what I, when I think discipline, it's like, don't give me any of that. That hurts. But we're going to talk about how to be disciplined, how to develop habits that will help you grow. A mosaic is a collection, usually a collection of of stone or glass or wood or something that it's a bunch of little pieces that when you put it together, you step back and you've got a masterpiece. By themselves, the one little piece may not make a lot of sense. It may be hard to understand. You may think, wow, I don't know what this is all about. But when you put it with the rest, when you look at it in the big picture, it's a masterpiece. And these disciplines, these habits that I'm going to be talking about, when you do them one day, you probably won't feel a bit different. When you do them two days, you probably won't feel at all different. But over time, you develop a habit and it becomes one little piece that goes with that little piece and goes with that little piece. And before you know it, you're going to step back and say, wow, I'm growing as a Christ follower. If you're not a Christ follower, maybe you'll say, I'm growing closer to making that decision. Maybe you'll look back and look at the masterpiece and say, you know, I'm a better dad than I was before I started this process. I'm a better mom. I'm a better friend. I'm a better person because I entered in to this journey. This series is not about three or four quick things you can write down and say, well, if I go do these things, then I'm going to get this as a result. It's about joining God on a journey. It's not a quick fix. It's something that will take place over time. If you're not a Christ follower, if you've been coming to LifePoint and you're just sitting back thinking, do I buy into this whole thing called Christianity, this whole thing called church? Does it, does it really help you change your life? If you're not a Christ follower, you need to know just this morning when we prayed on this stage before the service started, you were prayed for. Every week, when I think about what am I going to say, I ask God to to just reveal to me and help me understand how best to communicate this to somebody who has not yet made a decision to follow Christ. So if you're not a Christ follower, this is a great opportunity for you to get closer to giving your heart and life to Christ. If you're a casual Christ follower, if you're a a shadow Christ follower, one that just kind of sits back and, and stays in the shadows and just watches things from a distance, if you apply what I'm going to talk about over the next few weeks, it will change your life. And you'll come out of the shadows and your relationship with God will get a whole new perspective. It won't just be this narrow thing of, well, I'll come to church, then I go home. I come to church, then I go home. Your whole perspective will change and you'll see the big picture. If you're a longtime Christ follower, 
and you've been following him for a lot of years, let this be something that helps renew you. You may be better at this than I am. You may be better at this than most people about these disciplines that I'm going to talk about. But let this just renew whatever it is you're already doing. So what is a spiritual discipline? I know when I say spiritual discipline, you're thinking, gosh, are people going to get like (laughs) belts or what's going to happen? We've got trouble coming. Here's what a spiritual discipline is. This comes from a book called The Life You've Always Wanted by John Ortberg. It's the best definition that I've ever seen. It says this. Here's a spiritual discipline. Any activity I do by direct effort that will help me do what I cannot do now by direct effort. So anything I can do, anything I have the ability to do now that'll help me do what I've been unable to do. Have you been unable to get a hold of your temper? Have you been unable to feel that connection with God that you've seen other people have in their lives? Have you not been able to discipline yourself with your time or spiritually or whatever? Whatever it is that you can't do now by your effort, you can get there by doing what you're able to do by your effort. That's what a spiritual discipline is. And I'm talking about things like praying, meditating, um, resting. Resting is a spiritual discipline. Uh, Reading the Bible, that's what I'm going to talk about today. Reading God's Word and the value in that. And even fasting. I don't know that I've ever even said that word from here, but we're going to have a whole day where I explain to you what the Bible has to say about fasting. And if you think you know, just make sure you come that day because I think it might be a little different than what you've heard fasting is. You cannot will yourself to grow. You can't just say, I'm going to bed, and when I get up, I'm going to have grown. You have to take steps. You have to go on a journey. You have to take time in order to grow. And you can take those steps through what we're going to be talking about over the next few weeks. When you're starting this journey of spiritual discipline, there's a, there's a few observations that before I get into the first one, I want to tell you about. The first one is you need to know the reason. Why, why would you do these things? Why would you all of a sudden start to have this disciplined life spiritually where you, you regularly practice prayer and meditation and fasting and, and rest? And what's the reason? So the first thing is you need to know the reason. Well, of course, God loves people more that do that, right? Doesn't God just love people more that, that, that pray regularly? Do they have like this special thing with God that they're kind of on the inside and, and everybody else isn't? Well, no, that's not the reason. Did you know that you, you already have everything you need to control your temper if you're a Christ follower? You already have everything you need to be the dad, the mom, the employer, the church member, the spiritual man or woman that you need to be. You already have it. It's already yours. Listen to what the Bible says in 2 Peter chapter 1. Peter was a guy who was, he was in Jesus' inner circle. He was one of his inner guys that helped spread the message during the first century, one of the most influential leaders early on in the church. And this is what he had to say to people who made a decision to follow Christ. He says in chapter 1 verse 3, His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these, he has given us his very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature and escape the corruption in the world caused by its evil 
desires. So what this says is no matter what happens, no matter what's going on in my life, I already have what I need to handle it. Maybe I need to change my perspective and just stop looking like this because maybe what I need to handle it is out here in the bigger picture. But I'm just stuck with one perspective, looking in one direction, focusing on one thing. But God says through his word that practicing these disciplines, getting to know God on a more intimate level, will help me expand my perspective and understand that I already possess everything I need to deal with what's going on in my life. It's already here. God gave it to me the day I said, I accept Christ, I want to follow him. So practicing these spiritual disciplines is not to put somebody on a guilt trip or say, you're more spiritual if you do this, you're less spiritual if you don't. It's not to, it's not to make you feel bad about what you're not doing at all or what you might be doing poorly. Practicing spiritual disciplines is about learning to be the person that God created you to be. That's what it's about. And if, if, if you're not a Christ follower, you're missing out. You're missing out on what you need to get a perspective on life that will help you handle everything that comes your way. In Luke chapter 15, there's a story of a young man who decides to ask his father for an inheritance and then go off with it. And, and he did. He left and he went out and he wasted all the money. But his dad waited on the porch for him. And if you've heard this story, this young man, this lost son comes home and his dad is so excited that his son comes home, he throws a party. But during that party, the older brother who stayed at home went to his dad and he said, Dad, you've never done this for me. You've never thrown a party for me and my friends like you're doing for my brother who went away and wasted all your money. And the father said to the older brother, he said, Son, all that I have is yours. He didn't understand. Everything he was watching happen was his anyway. He had the wrong perspective. He was just looking at, man, I don't have what he has. And, and look what dad's doing for him. And he didn't do that for me. And gosh, that's a nice car he bought him. And, and look at all of his friends and the big old fat calf out of the barn. He's having a barbecue out back. That never happened for me. And he was just looking through one lens instead of backing up and looking at the big picture to see that everything he had, everything he wanted, he already had. Another observation about spiritual disciplines or these holy habits, as some people call it, that I'll be talking about is it takes time. It takes time. My wife and I have, an, have a discussion often about a tree. She wants to plant a shade tree in our front yard so we can have shade. Well, the first thing I think about is, you know how long it's going to be before there's any shade in the yard? So what do I do? I just don't do it. We'll be 80 years old and our rocking chair is on the front porch. And she's going to be saying, if you would have planted that tree, you know, you wouldn't be so hot. It takes time to grow a tree. And it takes time for you to grow spiritually. It takes time for you to change your life, for you to change your perspective. You might say, well, I don't have the time. I don't have the time to change my perspective. I don't have the time. You're saying read my Bible every day or pray every day or do these other things. Rest? My goodness, take days off and rest. I don't have the time to do that. I believe that we all have the time to do the things that mean the most to us. That's why when Jesus was talking about the greatest commandments, he was telling us what we needed to value. 
And he said, the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, and with all of your strength. Because he knew that whatever you value, you will find the time to do it. If you begin this spiritual journey and say, I want in on that. I want to be part of this journey that our whole church is going to go on together. You decide to do that, all of a sudden you'll discover, I had more time than I thought I did. And you'll stop saying those five words that I talked about a few weeks ago that are five of the most destructive words that anybody can say. I don't have the time. You start to take the time to to practice these spiritual habits and make an effort to grow in your relationship with God or to gain a relationship with God, you'll have more time to do that than you ever thought possible. Another observation about these disciplines I'm going to talk about is one size does not fit all. People are different. People respond differently to different things. When we exercise, those of us around the office, well, some, some of them do, when, when they when, when people exercise, for instance, Rob, our community life pastor, he runs. He's a runner. And he'll come in after lunch and be all sweaty. And I'll say, Where'd you, where you been? He'll say, I ran five. I'm like, miles? You ran, you ran five miles at lunch? Wow, my hero. I mean, I stroll or, or walk like 500 yards, but running five miles, not for me. Every person is different. One size does not fit all. That doesn't work for me. When I was brand new in the ministry, this guy older than me took me under his wing and said, I want to help you become more spiritual. And I was like, great, you know, I'm in for that. Let me know how to do it. And so he wanted to start meeting me at 5 a.m. at this McDonald's to pray and read our Bibles. And I was like, I will never be spiritual. How am I going to be spiritual at 5 o'clock in the morning? So he made me feel like you've got to do it this way if you want to be spiritual. This is the way a person becomes spiritual. So one day I said, I tell you what, let's do this week at 5 a.m. Next week, let's do it at 11 o'clock at night because I'm in the zone at 11 o'clock at night. If you want to meet and read and pray, let's do it at 11. He's like, well, I've got to get up early to go to work. I was like, well, who's spiritual now, pal? You know, <laughs> you thought you were all spiritual. Now, one size does not fit all. I've heard people say, I was praying for hours and hours, and and I looked up, and it had been two hours, and I've been praying, and I think, I can't keep one thought going for like 20 minutes. I mean, you're praying for two hours, either you're lying, or you've got this special something that I don't have. It's not one size fits all. You may not be able to sit and pray and just speak into the air for two hours. You may not be able to get up at at 4 or 5 a.m. or stay up till midnight or whatever fits you. But the thing is, do it. God wants us to do these things on a regular basis. It might be when you're driving. It might be with your eyes open. It might be when, when you're going to bed, when you're getting up, when you're having lunch, whatever. One size does not fit all. I'm going to share one method with you today in the last couple of minutes. It may not work for you, but it might be the perfect thing that you've been waiting on. Remember, the definition of a spiritual discipline is something you can do by direct effort, something you can do. I can't get up at four unless you really, really need me, but I can come over at 11 and we can have a great time. It's something you can do by direct effort that helps you what you now can't do by direct effort. Last observation is, if I do them, these spiritual habits, disciplines, I'll grow, and if I don't, I won't. Only you 
can grow. Only you can make a decision to be motivated. I do not see it anybody's responsibility on this stage, including me, to make you grow. We can't. That's your responsibility. It's not ours. Our responsibility, my responsibility, is to provide opportunities for you to grow. Provide ways that you can connect with God in a more relevant and effective way. And it's going to be up to you whether or not you grow. Second Peter chapter 1, beginning at verse 5. After he said, you already have everything you need. You have what you need to handle what comes your way. Since you have that, here's what I want you to do. He says, for this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness and to goodness knowledge and to knowledge self-control and to self-control perseverance and to perseverance godliness and to godliness brotherly kindness and to brotherly kindness love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But if anyone does not have them, he's nearsighted and blind and has forgotten that he's been cleansed from his past sins. Let me ask you something. If someone prays for patience, do you think God gives them patience? Or does he give them the opportunity to be patient? If they prayed for courage, does God give them courage? Or does he give them opportunities to be courageous? If someone prayed for the family to be closer, do you think God zaps them with warm, fuzzy feelings? Or does he give them opportunities to love each other? Well, I gotta run. A lot of people to serve. Enjoy. So if somebody wants to grow, if somebody wants to connect with God in a way they never have before, does they just get zapped with it? Do you just wake up with it one morning? Or does God provide opportunities for you to grow? Does he provide opportunities for you to make the decision of whether or not you're going to grow? Today I want to share the first opportunity, the first mechanical thing that you can do that will help you grow. The first habit that I want to talk about is Bible reading, meditation, study. And it may sound like, oh gosh, Bible study, that sounds like school. You know, the Bible is the most read book of all time. There's more copies of the Bible circulating than even Harry Potter, all of them put together. There's a lot of Bibles out there. The Bible is not just this greatly circulated book. The Bible reveals God's will for mankind. So when you read the Bible, you're reading what men wrote down, of course, but they wrote down the Bible as they were prompted by God to write it down. So those are God's words through the personality of humans revealed to us. So we can read how people interacted with God thousands of years ago, and people haven't changed all that much. And you start to read stories in the Bible about how people interacted in their family life, in their work life, in their relationships. You start to figure out people have not changed all that much in about 10,000 years. We're still about the same. But there's something about the Bible when you, when you pick up this book and you start to read the words, there's something not mystical, but, but magical. Something that, that happens on a spiritual level that doesn't happen when you're reading any other book. That's what we mean when we talk about, we believe the words in here are, are the inspired words of God. 
That's why it's somewhat magical when you start to read the Bible and the words that God wants us to read. In Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, in the New Testament, it says, For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Something happens to you when you say, I want to study the Bible. I want to read what God has to say. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, maybe not even next week. But as you continue to take those little pieces out and you apply them in your life and you try to change your perspective from this to seeing the big picture, you're going to step back one day and say, wow, I'm growing. I'm able to handle my temper more than I ever was. I actually want to do spiritual things. I'm able to to deal with my, my family, my kids. I'm a better dad. I'm a better mom. I'm just a more spiritual person because I'm connecting with God on a level that I never was before. That's what happens when a person says, that's it. I'm going to study. I'm going to read. I'm going to, not in a mechanical, not in a, not in a legalistic way, but in a way that says, God, I just want to learn a little bit more about who you are. You may already have a method if you, if you don't. I'm going to encourage you to get this. It's called a life journal. And it's uh, mostly uh, blank pages, but it it gives some instructions in in the front. We've got these out at the info booth. It's got a Bible reading plan that you can go through. And it's got one little simple word to remember as you read scriptures that it suggests you read. If you've got 10 minutes a day, you can do this. Or 10 minutes, two times a week, or whatever, whatever it works for you. But there's one little word in the front of this. It says... Every scripture you look up, remember this word, and the word is soap. Hopefully you think about that every day. But, and it just means this. The S means scripture. So read the scripture. Read whatever one or two verses that are in there. O is observation. What's going on in this story or, or passage that I'm reading? Application. How can I take what is going on here and apply it to my life today? And then prayer. Finish up the time with prayer. These, the, I've been going through one of these. I, I don't do it every single day. I forget sometimes. But the days that I'm remembering, the days that I'm sitting down and in God's word and making observations and making application and praying about it, things are different. Anytime, anytime in my life that I feel like I'm not sure what to teach about, I'm not sure what to say, I'm not sure... How this should, every time I do that is, is, is almost every time is because I've not been consistently sitting and reading God's word and seeing what God would say to me through this powerful book. But every time when I feel like, wow, things are working, things are going well, I know what I want to say, I know what I want to communicate, and, and, and I can't hardly get it in the time I'm supposed to get it in. And I, I know what, I want people to understand, God, I hear you, I know what you're saying. Those are the times when I've been with him in his word, and it'll work like that for you. And one day you'll step back and you'll say, wow, I'm growing. Not today, not tomorrow, maybe even not next week, but eventually. Here's the deal. I want to make a deal with you. Every person in here, go by the info booth. We don't have enough for everybody, but until they're sold out, you all at the info booth, just make a list of people that want one after you run out. I think we've got 50 or so out there. We also have them for little kids in elementary school that's more geared towards them, and we got them for teenagers. It's obvious from the cover which one is for which age group. Pick up one of these. They're five bucks. They cost us five bucks. We sell them to you for five bucks. If you don't get one, put your name on a list. But here's a promise I want to make to you. If you do this, 
and you finish out this book, and you cannot honestly say that things are different in your life, come back to me, and I will give you your $5 back. What a deal. Try this. I mean, I'm serious. If you come to me in a month and say, you know, I did that, didn't learn one thing, didn't change anything about myself, don't feel any more connected with God, hand me your journal back, and I will hand you your $5 back. What a deal. So it's a risk-free try to start studying the Bible. But seriously, you have an opportunity to live up to what you've already attained. Just imagine what your life would be like if you said, these are the things I'm going to be about. These are the things I'm going to focus on. I'm going to step back. I'm going to take the tunnel vision off, and I'm going to see the big picture. Imagine what your spiritual life would be like, what your work life, what your family life. Imagine what a church would be like if everybody in it said, you know what, we're going to be serious about this.